New ringtone. Yes, hello, this is Flash. Yes, indeed, that one. Flash, this is the Secretary General of the United Nations. We need your help for a global threat. Can you and the Defenders of the Earth help? Oh, hello there, Kevin. Uh, I'll see what I can do. What seems to be the problem? Uh, well, it has to do with a subterranean race of, race of mole men who want to take over the world. Hmm. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Can this be solved by piloting an airplane? Not particularly. They live underground. Phantom! Uh, hello, Secretary General. What can I do for you? We need someone to take care of the mole Yes, I heard the, I heard the problem already. Uh, let me ask you this question. Where exactly is this problem covered in the Manual for Jungle Law, Volume 4? I'll uh, look it up in my home copy. I, I don't believe we have those bylaws. This is this is sort of insect a... Insect invasions? Are moles insects? Not perhaps a kudzu-like plant? Not to my knowledge. They're more... I'm fairly certain they're mammals. Can you okay, handle it? Here's my backup plan. Uh, would you say that this problem could be solved with no more than ten tigers? I... I feel like there's too many of them to be solved like that. Mandrake, what do you have? Can't you see I'm taking a nap? I suppose that means he's out as well. Um, here, I'll, 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 I'll patch you through to Lothar. Okay, fine. Yes. Oh, Secretary General, what can I do for you? There's this race of mole men that need to be subdued. Can you handle it? We know you're very strong. I uh, absolutely could handle it, but I'm currently solving the entire Middle Eastern crisis. It could take as much as many as three hours to patch this up. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm, I'm, I'm busy at the moment. Do, do you have anyone else there? Anyone else who can, who can help us face this threat? Well, I, I do think that there's a handful of teenagers back at the base that are uh, more or less free right now. Teenagers? Do they, do they have attitude? Oh no, not not in the least. Uh, they're entirely devoid of personality. Yeah, I think all the teenagers with attitude got uh, got swept up by some other interplanetary cause. I guess we'll just have to take them. The jungle law. Can you work with that? Yeah, that's that's really it, good. Like, it doesn't have a very funny dismount, but every part of it is kind of amusing. Yeah, I like it. I can cut that into something good. I'll put some like Hall of Justice music behind it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Try, try to make some fighting sounds uh, underneath, like Lothar. Yeah, I want him to be like 
showcased as the only badass that he actually is. <laughs> exactly. Like the only reasonable character. <laughs> <laughs> the best character in several shows. You know, he started out as a slave in the comics. Really? Yeah, Mandrake's personal slave. <laughs> I, I believe the term is manservant when you're British. Um, and, and when your name is Mandrake. <laughs> your name is Mandrake. Uh, it's... Like, this was the 30s, correct? <laughs> this was yeah. post-abolition by quite a number of years. <laughs> There's... <laughs> It's, it shows its The comics were not made in the 1800s, no? <laughs> to my knowledge? Uh, I, I wonder if, like, the, the main, <laughs> the main people who bought comics in those days were all, like, southern white landowners. <laughs> Hard to tell. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Let's get started. Yeah, you want my to introduce name is us? Ben. And my yeah. name is Zane. Uh, hang on. Yes, I'd love to introduce us. My name is Ben. <laughs> And my name is Zane. And we're the Defenders of the Carton cast. Enter the mic. There goes a voice. <laughs> Talk about cartoons. You know there's no choice. Carton cast of the net. Carton cast. <laughs> um, we are the knights. <laughs> were you happy with this intro? This theme song? I don't know. I, I like As I said, I wanted uh, to, to watch the Phantom uh, going under some, some like lawyer diplomacy with jungle spirits to see how many tigers he can claim on his like taxes but yours is good too tigers i believe are not principally known for their strength <laughs> no that, that that's a pretty weird part i mean compared to humans well yeah but like it also might just be like an ideological strength like king of the jungle i see again tigers are not king of the jungle are you, are you sure even metaphorically whatever you uh... wouldn't know that yeah he's a phantom he doesn't know about tigers tigers. well how would he know uh we'll get into the all the problems of the phantom in a minute um (laughs) problems i think you mean solutions i really don't um (laughs) but yes uh this week we are watching um defenders of the earth so (laughs) (laughs) so zane how'd this happen I liked the name, and then I liked the theme song. No, I mean, like, how is this? How is this produced? Right. I so, mean, you're right to like the theme song. It's absolutely incredible. This. Um, and you're right to like the name. It's incredibly generic. <laughs> <laughs> right. So this uh, show ran in the '80s. I don't have the exact numbers because all of my notes were lost when my computer decided to explode. Long story uh, Ming short, the merciless hacking our transmissions. It was curse 1986. you, Ming. <laughs> it was um, 1986, which is 15 years later than this show has any right to look like. Right. Um, it's it's severely limited animation. It's it's pretty rough for the most part. But um, it's it's based off of comics from, like you said, going as far back as the 30s uh, from King Syndicate Comics. Um, mm-hmm. which include uh, Flash Gordon, the Phantom, and Mandrake the Magnificent, and then they sort of boosted Lothar to his own superhero-ness. Yeah, once they realized that he, he was, you know, the demographic tie-in that they got to write off on their taxes. <laughs> and they No, did a gr- no, we have, we, have a liter- we have an actual living, breathing black man on our staff. Hmm? <laughs> Look at how um, shaved his head is. Hmm? <laughs> And and they made him the best character. Did they? I really like the Phantom. <laughs> Why? 
You know exactly why. <laughs> because he pilots around a fucking skull copter. Oh my god, I don't I don't know that. He no, pilots a helicopter with a giant skull as the front. <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh Defenders of the Earth is I don't really know how to describe it. Like, I wanted to compare it to He-Man a lot. Right. But I think it's more like the Super Friends. Maybe. It's like the Super Friends if no one knew who the characters were, which I think actually makes a more entertaining Super Friends. Yeah, because you get to learn them Just because of how random it looks. It really does. Because, like, first off, so we'll get into who the characters are, but their names have no sort of cohesive theme. You know, you look at superhero teams, it's like, Blank Lad, Something Girl. Um, here, right. It's literally a dude's The ghost name. who walks, who can channel tigers as energy. Sure. Sure, man. <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> and they're all Whatever costumed. <laughs> they're all costumed differently as well. Like, some of them are, like, dressed up in classic superhero garb, and some of them are just like, this is what I wore to work. Yeah, no, these were my work clothes. And this, this, I'm, I'm, on an, I'm at an away game. And the way is the inter is the opposite planet of what was it Mongo? Mongo. So yeah. we'll get into. Th- there's a lot That's of interesting right. facets to this show. Um, you want to just is give us deep, deep lore. You want to just give us a, a brief summary of what the show's about? Um, let me let me let me give an attempt here. So the show is about this. I mean, it, it's like the Super Friends in that there is a global catastrophe looming, and they are the first line of defense to um, defend the Earth, obviously, before it becomes a critical issue or affects the populace. Right. And uh, it's generally Ming the Merciless who just bioterrorists his way to the front, but mm-hmm. there are a few other villains that are from various comics, um, which uh, I honestly like the villains quite a bit, so that did a lot for me. Yeah, um, I should point out that this is uh, this action is taking place in the far off year of 2015. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> saucy! <laughs> which, so, which is really funny when you like look at some of the plots. Which is like one time Ming tried to make the icebergs melt, <laughs> the and to it. like all of the debriefing was directly directly telling the audience why that was a bad thing. <laughs> That's so like, great. Look what happens if the icebergs melt. Look, oh, the United States is just a collection of islands now, and that's not even to say anything about the eco catastrophe at large in other <laughs> continents, which we totally care about. <laughs> and he's not listening. He's just twirling his mustache. <laughs> no, he, he's he's getting ready for 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 his uh, weekend performance. Yeah. And and so Ming the Merciless is this classic villain from Flash Gordon, and and he sees the threat and gets together his friend Mandrake and Mandrake's manservant Lothar, and then they're like, you know what we really need? A jungle man. <laughs> and then they go get the oh Phantom. Well, here's the thing. Remember, uh, Mentok the Mind Taker of Harvey Birdman was based, at least in costume, off of Ming the Merciless. I think they were trying to get that jungle law tie-in and that just the series crapped out too too soon for that to reach fruition. <laughs> um, That's the only joke I have about that scene. She's laughing for uh, Ming was actually the basis as well for Darth Vader. Doesn't Ming sound a little bit like, uh, it, I don't know, it, it seems like a stand-in for like a Chinese warlord. So here's here's some of the backstory behind Ming the Merciless. Um, Ming was originally in the comic books Mongolian. 
That's uh, right. That's and right. they and they changed that to avoid you know racism, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is weird because they don't normally do that. So instead, they're like, no, he's from another planet, uh, Mongo. Which, if you noticed, it's super cold, and he has like this sort of ice theme. Um, does he? Yeah, he's got like ice robots. He's got like ice station Earth. He does have ice robot sh- robots. <laughs> it's weird how it just sort of slides right off. Super um, weird. But the reason that is, I think, is is because um, Mongolia has this fascinating climate. They have something <laughs> called the Zud. Have you ever heard of this? No. I gotta every... look up Mongo. <laughs> every once in a while. Mongolia is hit by this thing called the Zud, which is this, like, super polar vortex that just, just, like, it freezes all the grass. And since Mongolia is largely an agrarian society, like, a bunch of livestock die, they pretty much have to restart their economy every few years. Oh, my God. Zane, I want to play an open world game on Mongo because apparently the peoples of Mongo have evolved into different life forms because of the atmosphere. Um, what? such as winged hawkmen, tailed lionmen, and underwhelling dwe- underwater dwelling corallians. What is the problem with the atmosphere exactly? <laughs> it's just fucked up, I think. Because <laughs> we see the heroes on Mongo sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's also inhabited by enormous dinosaurs. So you know. <laughs> okay. Wait. It. Oh my god. Gravity is only slightly weaker than Earth, so it allows Flash Gordon to put his gymnastic skills to. Get- Okay, we need to talk about Flash Gordon real quick. Flash or Gordon. actually, yeah, can, what exactly... Can we, before we do that, can we cut in that Flash Gordon theme again? Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, so Flash Or maybe Gordon. just a clip from uh, Ted or Ted 2, because apparently they have, like, running Flash Gordon jokes. Oh, really? Yeah, I was talking about the show to somebody, and they were like, oh, you mean it like in Ted? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> That's where you remember Flash Gordon? <laughs> I remember it from Blades of Glory. The yeah. song, obviously. Um, I remember it from Big O. Uh, <laughs> he is a miracle. Yeah, so Flash Gordon is actually based from an earlier, earlier hero, Buck Rogers, who, of course, was based on Duck Dodgers of the... Uh, 24th yeah, and a half he's century. based on Duck Dodgers. That's, I think that's quite obvious. Uh, but yeah, so Flash Gordon, he is this, like, spaceman? So, yeah, he's like uh, he's like all-American fighter pilot in the way that stopped being cool after World War I, I think. But again, you know, this was created in the 30s, so that that's not too terribly illogical. That, oh, yeah. That's sort of his thing. Everyone was super into, like airplane dogfights uh, uh, back in the 30s. Like, that was the I, coolest I really, thing. It, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I, I tire of dogfights pretty pretty easily because, one, that's, it's just not terribly cogent or relevant today. And right. <laughs> two, two, they're all kind of like too, too much good old boys. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. Flash Gordon just doesn't excite me, really. I also just didn't realize that he was something that wasn't a Queen song. So it was really right. weird to see him there. Um, yeah, and so he is the de facto leader. He, I think he gets the most lines, but he is a, a blank slate, pretty much. He's like, he's a good guy. Yeah, I was about to say, good guy. <laughs> Dr. Good Guy. He's like Race Bannon from uh, Venture Brothers. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, 
you see his family like um you know you see his son rick gordon and and the struggle there because rick gordon is actually he actually does have a personality it's just you know it's wheeler from you know captain planet (laughs) which is not a personality i dislike and then in the first episode his wife dies and her personality is thrown into a computer and I want to point out yeah. that he just he just takes all of this in stride. Well, he's, <laughs> he he's, he's you know he, he's he's already been damaged by the war. He, you know he you you get you get hard to this stuff. And, and, and honestly, his heart has always been with his uh with his cars, by which I mean his planes. <laughs> yeah, he is useless without a plane. He he also treats them like cars. At one point, he's like trying to start up a spacecraft, which has like a car ignition sound. And he's like, "Come on, baby, turn over, turn over." <laughs> That's great. Um, it's, it's pretty funny. Like, but his place in any show would be—it seems like it's not going to be very helpful because yeah. unless you're in a dogfight, you are useless. But there are I mean, dogfights every show, and I wasn't sure whether or not that was justified by the format. If you look at a um, like a heist movie, the guy who drives the car is he he. You don't need to give him a personality, you know. You don't need to give him a lot of room because he's serving a function that you know you're not going to see it. The heist takes place in the bank, and this is just the right. aftermath. They made him the right. main he's character. He's there to get captured. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I think it might be justified that he is you know uh, relevant to the plot because global defense system you know they got to get somewhere in in record time to stop sure. whatever happening so they're gonna get there in a plane so and you and know, he, fine he's had adventures they reference adventures that he's had in space um, and the fact that like the planet knows that they're aliens doesn't seem to affect much like. He, he interacts with a bunch of alien species and never brings home like future technology or anything. That's Just true. A real, a real waste of you know. Fighter That's jet. evil technology, though. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, like it's also like inscrutable. You, you, did you ever see any of the episodes with like the necklace of Oros? No. What the hell is that thing? It's just like this weird, like it's like the universe um, in uh, Men in Black, the movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like it's a power source or a source of life or a key to some interdimensional port, like, or it's like a mind control device. It, <laughs> it's just like whatever the user, whatever the plot wants it to be. Mm-hmm. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if like they're like, oh yeah, there's a lot of cool shit on this spaceship. What the hell is? What the hell does it do? Right. Uh, they like, do that with technology, and they do that with Mandrake's magic. They just don't bother like defining what the limits are. No, which which is, you know, it's, it's that makes sense in a show of this kind of with this runtime, with this many episodes, you you can't you don't want to draw yourself into a box. Oh yeah, and I I keep it I, I didn't write this down this time, but I remember reading like didn't this show only go on for like a year and it had 65 um, episodes? I have no idea. Some sort of ridiculous like putting stuff out. I I don't know how long it ran for, but it definitely only had um they only had 65 episodes, the 65th one being called The Thunder Lizards of Ming. Man. Oh, yeah. Those terrible Thunder Lizards. <laughs> they are the worst. Um, <laughs> oh, Thunder Lizards so- again? Damn it. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> like so it's a meal? I meant like rats. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
you know, Thunder Lizards again. G. I wanted Wombat. Try new Lightning Wombats. <laughs> lightning Wombats. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Defenders um, of the um, Earth. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, we have to get to the rest of the characters because there's a lot of them. Oh my god, there's so many. There's so many characters, and we're not going to talk about too many of them, but I really wanted to linger on the Phantom. Okay, let's talk about the Phantom. All right, so the main thing that you need to know about the Phantom, a.k.a. the Ghost Who Walks, which, by the that way... Is, that is a great name. Think, but Yeah, but like those two next to each other, you know? What theme that... are you conveying? Oh, <laughs> Jungle Man. That's, that's like a no, name of no. like an elder god. <laughs> yeah. Or, or at least something walks. undead, something, something you know, with maybe like uh, either shape shifting or like translucency. Powers. <laughs> yeah, he took a real Mad Libs approach to this character. <laughs> and yeah. Like, okay, fine. So he's the Phantom, but he's a he's the Jungle Man. He calls on the strength of tigers. What should his costume look like? Purple. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> just <Purple> guy. <laughs> Matthew Lesko. Uh, purple everywhere. We should uh, we should talk. To uh, we should talk about um his catchphrase or I guess his mantra or invocation. Yeah, because it's really great. <laughs> Say it. Okay, verbatim. The Phantom says this once an episode, and it's always great. <clears throat> Let me see if I can try to get the intonation right. By jungle law, the ghost who walks calls forth the power of ten tigers. <laughs> who who decided that? <laughs> Even even if it was like a, a grand grandfathered in from like the comics, it still makes no sense. <laughs> By jungle law. By Did they law, like the jungle in, in the nineteen thirties? I should have these superpowers. You owe me. Yeah. <laughs> it was reparations or something. Um, um like he came from Africa. Yeah. Which is why his which is why his voice is like nondescript but foreign. Mm-hmm. And um I really like his design again because it's so mad libs um but also because i i guess it's just amusing whenever he calls on the power of 10 tigers he, there's like this little animation of a bunch of like tiger sigils either going into him or coming from him to like something <laughs> did, did you ever find a pattern for like oh i won over the other no <laughs> it's context <laughs> he, he look he has the power of no fewer than 10 tigers but it's 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 up to him where he puts that power and uh, well, it's always like he's these just... laser light sh- It's like LED or light bright tiger faces. Like but usually he's just, just punching a guy. Or going like... into his chest or bowling over some ice robots. Moving but slightly here's... faster. Here's here's the funny thing about this. They don't show all ten tigers. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's variable, which means that some of the other tigers are like on sick leave or They're like not... being channeled not... by a different the phantom. <laughs> They're not pulling their weight. No, or the, yeah, just sleeping. I don't know. Jungle tigers again. <laughs> Aw, gee. <laughs> Finish your thunder lizard. Um, so that that's why I like the Phantom, even though like he has just as much of a personality as Flash, which is none. Yeah, I feel like he should be the coolest and most interesting, but like he barely gets any lines. Um, I find him the most amusing, but he's certainly not the most interesting. I nominate him most likely to fall down a chasm. Because it happened like three times. Um, I th- I think we have to nominate the most interesting to uh, Mandrake the Magician. <laughs> well, I'm not quite done with Phantom yet. Okay. 
How you'll could notice, he be? He's the ghost who walks. That he's the only one with an actual costume and superhero name. Okay. Like, like you say, they don't match, but he has them. I don't know. Man Flash Gordon got a, got is a, his name. He's got like a uniform at least. Flash Gordon is his name. Lothar is his name. Mandrake is a stage name. But at least he's got like a suffix, the magician. Um, and like if it thing... was Brian the Phantom, that would be okay. <laughs> Brian the Phantom. Brian the Phantom. Um, but uh, did you ever Billy numerous? Watch... Did you ever watch the uh, watch the credits? No, I I ducked out of this show as soon as I could <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> they credit the makers of the characters, and underneath that all, there's a note in parentheses that just says. This is the twenty seventh Phantom. Oh yeah, I think I read this somewhere. What does that mean? I don't know. Like, I think it's a reincarnation, like inherited position or something. It is because because in one episode they think he dies and his daughter takes it over. Right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. There, it, it's. I mean, it's absolutely like an inherited position because. Uh, but why because would they? Need one of to the note things that? about his mystique is that he's. Um, is that he's like an immortal to some degree. Right. He's like Haka from Sentinels of the Multiverse. Um But yeah, like I They I feel like they wasted a lot of potential with this phantom. And I don't know if it was their fault or just from the comics, but somebody dropped the uh, ball. You could you could make a show bot with the Phantom himself, but I don't think that he's given too little of a role it, in the show be because like there's a... so many characters like he just shows up to do the thing that he does. Which is yeah. calling forth the power of ten tigers. Yeah, I and feel I like don't, he's like a... I don't hate that that is the part that got emphasis here. <laughs> yeah, because how many times do the heroes need to, like, stalk around and prey on the villains? Almost never. Um, but yeah, and once again, he has a skullcopter. Yeah, you want to you wanna explain that? Nope. Great. Just, that's just, he flies around in a <laughs> helicopter with Poor a skull on sweet it. Health- Maybe it was a. Uh, maybe it was like a. Maybe it was part of a uh, marketing decision, like give give each of them their own like oh, personalized yeah. uh, personalized vehicles. Yeah, this was right in the heat of uh, marketing madness. Cartoon. It was, tie-ins. but I, I haven't seen anything like super related to the show merchandise wise. Well, probably because everybody already had their you know English wizard action figure. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure Lothar is one of seven people from G.I. Joe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so... again, he's just in his work clothes from being on G.I. Joe. That's right. Uh, so Mandrake, as we alluded to in our intro, <laughs> seems kind of lazy. He's a dickish ponce is what he is. One like, time... he's, he's, he's making fun of the other characters, oh, the, the other heroes more than anyone else. One time... Um... Just kind of mincing in the background. When he's going off on a mission, he's trying to, like, ditch his adopted child, Kashin, behind. And rather than just telling him, like, listen, you can't come on this mission, it's dangerous, he levitates him onto a chandelier and, like, just stay up there until I get back. (laughs) Peace, child. You get locked in the garage. There's pretzels in there. Um, But also, listeners will note that each one of these heroes has a son or adoptive son. Or or yeah. daughter, whatever. Yeah, and we'll discuss them all at, at once, I think. Pretty weird. Pretty weird decision. <laughs> the kids are a mixed bag. Um, like, Rick Four is... Four become eight. <laughs> Four become eight. There you go. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and eight become Rick... ten tigers. <laughs> Rick is actually more interesting than his father. Same for Jetta. As we said, they're the children of of Flash Gordon and the Phantom. Not like that. I, I don't um, think they. I don't think he is. I think they all have equally vapid personalities, except for uh, Mandrake, whose only personality is that he's kind he's of an asshole to the other heroes. Super dick. Super dickery. He's pretty dickish. Um, and he he has Kashin, who is ignored, and um, LJ Lothar's son, who bizarrely has absolutely no accent. Yeah, didn't he like grow up on the streets? He grew up on the streets. His dad has a very thick Caribbean accent, but like he sounds like again, this is a character who sounds like he was voiced by Wheeler. Oh my god, what was Lothar's nickname? I remember it being super weird. Uh Lothar the manservant? No, the Caribbean ninja. <laughs> the Caribbean ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Which seems incorrect. Yeah, I've never seen him nin- ninjacking at all. <laughs> um but he is clearly the best character. I, I don't um, know why you think that. Because I never saw him do anything all that impressive. It's it's like Cyborg, right? He's super strong. He's super smart. He does the but tech stuff. But he's not stuff. funny like Cyborg. That's true. But it's he's entirely a, different. He's a badass. And his intro line in the in the intro to theme song is just screaming. Like the other ones, there is like a bit of restraint. This is just all out. They're like, hey, Lothar, you're going to love him. Caribbean Ninja. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's too bad he wasn't a Pokemon or else he could say Caribbean Ninja all the time like that. <laughs> I don't I don't think I like him very much just because I didn't see him do much. An interesting thing about his character is that he can't be hurt by man-made weaponry. Ooh, I didn't catch that. Which makes me wonder if man, like, extends to alien. Because I never, I never saw him getting hurt with ice robots, but I assume he wouldn't have. Yeah, some... Sometimes the characters get superpowers that they've never really explored before, but we just, they have. Like, Jetta. Jetta sometimes has telepathy. Yeah, I don't know any of the characters who aren't the four main heroes. And they're Um, barely interesting. So, like, the rest of them certainly... Let's talk (laughs) about the kids. Yeah. um, There was actually... um, a five We're the eighties. Better, better put a child in the show, otherwise the kids can't relate. A young. It's not boy. as though kids like watching grown-ups fight crime. You need, you need fucking Scrappy Doo. And again, none of them have costumes, which which means that there's a team no, of eight superpowered people, and one of them has a costume. Dude, they're just planeteers. They really are. Like that combined with the weird. Uh... Combined with the ice cap melting episode, it, it seems like this show might be like a the power is yours sort of thing at times. <laughs> but they they really have no, like, I don't know. I, I think they were just put in so that, like, the kids had someone to relate to. I, abso- I absolutely believe that. Um, I, I think they're very uninteresting. They're more, like, they have, even more they show so emotions. than the main characters. They show emotions more readily than the adults. Um, yeah, and, and they're true. more likely to screw up the plans somehow to make it more interesting or more dire, or or, or uh, you know, the, just be like a, a a wrench in the works for uh for the antagonist. Yeah, for the villains as well. They're like, oh man, they never trust us. But I bet if we stop Ming this time, yeah, yeah, because like imagine you're Ming, you're you're tooling around, and I'm gonna go ahead and say an anti gravity machine 
like carrier because that's just the thing that you do on like Tuesdays. <laughs> and you're firing it down, and you're like, okay, okay, my defenses are such that they can deal with exactly ten tigers worth of strength. So the phantom's out of the picture. But who the hell knows what LJ is going to bring to the table? Right. Nothing. Usually somersaults. <laughs> I don't know um, if you noticed this, but everybody loves doing flips in this show. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like notice. they do tumbling like they're like they're like the, the the amazing Graysons or something. I've just noticed that they run like they're falling down. <laughs> what does that mean? Like 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 drunkenly, like trying to keep their balance. Yeah, like they're they're at a much lower angle than is necessary to continuously run. <laughs> okay. I don't. I, I notice it because that's how I look when I run, <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's not right. It it looks like a wall of meat falling down, like <laughs> it's not good. I um, wish that uh the phantom got on all fours and actually ran like a tiger. Yeah, that would be cool. Or if Wouldn't he turned it? into a tiger, or if he turned into ten tigers. <laughs> Literally <laughs> anything, Ben. <laughs> Literally anything that has to do with ten tigers. <laughs> <laughs> or jungle law. Yeah, why like is if he, he just a came like a hierophant and just like I decree that you ice robots are logically unsound and they all just like pop their circuits. I would have <laughs> accepted that. Um so I, I get the sense that you did not like this show. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but uh there were parts that I thought were amusing, like um because there's so many characters and they're pretty personalityless, they can afford to have uh, teammate banter that is actually fine like they're not actually saying jokes with each other's personalities in mind they're saying jokes and enough characters exist that the joke can be funny <laughs> do you have an like, example um, well i have a couple of examples um like mandrake will conjure an illusion of a dragon to scare some enemies and he says uh the worst dragons are imaginary and then Lothar will use a grenade to blow up one of with the the enemies, and he says, "But there's no substitute for the real thing." Just like back to back, just like you know, teammate ribbing. Yeah, it's like there's multiple He Mans in this show. That's great. And they uh, and they make fun of each other like that, like a bunch of like a bunch of super powered like Winston Churchill's, just like laconically dragging your opponent into the dirt with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I think the Phantom tries to make a joke at. Or, or something, and like uh, Mandrake is like, maybe in another thirty year, years you'll develop a sense of humor. <laughs> like that's that's a weird thing for you to say, God, fellow man, hero. But okay, Mandrake, you're such a dick. Yeah, it's that's why I think he's the best character is just because he he's adding a little bit of spice to the team dynamic. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, oh. it is purely a, a Justice League. Like we're all good guys. Let's use our good guy powers to be good. Yeah, it's it's. Since it's based on comics from the 30s and 40s, they have the feel of comics. Like, you remember reading those old Superman comics. Everything's neatly wrapped up. The plots are, you know, we have point A and point B, and we're just going to get rid of logic in the middle. Oh, and the sci-fi nature of the threats is totally comic book. Yeah, absolutely. This is right in the pulp era. Mm-hmm. In it's fact, just... let's go to tone and genre if you don't mind us breaking away from characters. Yeah, yeah. How well do you think they adapted the work for the 80s sensibility? Because in a lot of ways, it's similar to the, you know, G.I. Joe, Knights of Justice kind of um I think kind it of, feels uh, a lot more like a comic book. And, it does. And, you know, obviously because it was a comic book. Mm -hmm. 
but like because I'm somewhat familiar with comic books, I kind of got a bit of like a Pavlovian. Oh, I recognize the thing that this is, mm-hmm. and so that was kind of an like, it, like the quips that they say out loud to themselves are very <laughs> like you know thought bubble. Glad I brought that thing that I needed here. You know, like sure, good thing I packed my toothpaste. You know, it's just like little, little, little dialogues within one's own mind. Like, um, I think Flash Gordon, like tries to blow up a blow up like a, a get get some boulders in the way of the ice robots and he's like this ought to give them something to think about and then the ice robots just like tear down the boulder and then Flash Gordon's like I forgot ice robots don't think and you can totally see him just kind of like <laughs> smirking and looking slightly upward with that in a thought bubble do you um and that's the do, joke do you remember <laughs> that's reading the entire some, joke do you remember reading some of those comics how they ended every sentence with an exclamation point oh man that 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 bothered the hell out of me that is in full effect here <laughs> yeah i it, it's you you have more of a, a a connection to those old comics than i do so what did you think about them like did that in was that involved with your enjoyment of this show so I maybe think... we can like pinpoint how necessary it was to have an understanding of comicry in general and if that like ties into how one would would approach the show, you know, I think for in a, a twenty minute cartoon, eight characters is a good number, because especially because you automatically understand the relationships. They're explained in the intro song to, you know, enough effect. I um, agree that eight characters is a good amount. Eight heroes and then all of the the other characters, not a good amount. Well, I mean, it's it's made easier because, you know, carbon copy removed 20 years. Mm. But, you know, the when you when you look at a comic like the one that I'm most familiar with, Legion of Superheroes, when they adapted that to a, a cartoon series, they didn't use all the characters. That would be absurd. You can't keep track of them. Um, so I right. think I think that was a good idea. I think, um, you know, promoting Lothar from sidekick to full hero was a good move. I think they made a lot of nice minor changes, but overall didn't manage to escape the fact that, you know, their animation was not fluid enough to to capture the action. Because when you're going from comics to animation, you're expecting the animation to be a step up from the comic books just because you need to be able to convey that sort of sense of emotion there's a baseline there that you need to exceed it the same way just to kind of uh say the new and improved quote unquote right like rather than to say this is comic but not you can say this comic but better is that what you kind of mean yeah like if you're reading a comic book there you know a lot of the excitement comes from strong stances and um you know those exclamation points the the dialogue here it it's a lot more passive watching something is a lot more passive of a medium and so it needs to hit you over the head harder and i don't think they succeeded in this um i don't think they hit you over the head harder but i think you get like a flurry of blows because this <laughs> show moves fucking fast <laughs> did you notice that in the middle of jesus scenes, shit <laughs> in the in the middle of the scenes they just like new scene cut to like there's no wind down on any scene. No, and they're each accompanied by a Defenders of the Earth logo. 
<laughs> yeah, this is right out of Super Friends. They like it's totally. slightly better. They slightly yeah, upgrade. it's the briefcase opening. <laughs> Watch out! I uh, I keep ha- I I kept having to like pause while writing notes because I couldn't keep up with the plot otherwise. Yeah, and if you're not paying attention, like I I tried watching an episode while playing a game, I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, but like I don't th- this this is probably one of those shows where you kind of don't need to actually watch it. Like I bet this could work as a radio broadcast. Yes. Well, the thing is is like you you have to pay attention to understand it and and appreciate what's going on, but it's not worth it. You know, I think the 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 speed of this show is actually maybe uh, you, we we talk about uh 80s cartoons a lot of the time as sort of failing where the 90s cartoons succeeded in a lot of ways but i think that there's one thing in a lot of 80s uh or not not um i'm i'm demarcating the wrong thing early 80s and late 80s mm-hmm. so like early 80s was gi joe stuff and then late 80s was like just because it's a coded example dark uh uh, uh ducktales let's say right yeah and yes, they were kind of in the same year, but they were very, very different styles. You know, there were it was the uh, the Dark Ages, which was um, it was the Dark Ages, which was like toy tie-ins, and then Ducktales kind of started the whole uh, revolution of good animation and high production values. And but I the think thing that this we this missed the boat in... just a little bit. <laughs> Maybe, but I I think the thing that I disliked the most in Ducktales was the thing that I actually really liked here, which is that it moved so fast that I didn't get bored in a whole episode. Yes, and I think I think the later episodes they got good at maintaining that attention and focus. Um, I'll I'll be honest, I only really watched the later episodes because they yeah. were just easier to find online. Um, I was actually pretty lukewarm on this show until I saw the five part storyline with uh with Ming's son. Did you? I didn't see that at all. So here it is, his son Croton. Which, by the way, just take that name in for a minute because now you've got people saying like. Oh no, it's the evil Croton. <laughs> also, it's Ming's son. So, yeah. it's not like Ming and his son Ling, you know? No. This would be like this is this it, it, it's exactly like uh this is this is uh I'm Avatar and I'm fighting Sean. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 exactly that sort of thing. So, Ming's son Croton usurps the throne, molecularizes his dad. Molecularizes and- his dad. And uses it to revive an ancient evil that was stored in the molecules of Ming the Merciless. Did and Skeletor each... write that plot? This storyline is great because each episode was self-contained, but overall they escalated. There was more interpersonal mm-hmm. interaction, especially between the teens. There were Xanatos plots. There were mind mm-hmm. bombs. There was one-upsmanship betrayals. This is. I'm going like... to go ahead and wheel you back a second. You say mind bombs? Bombs that are activated by your mind. Oh, sure. Yes, mental <laughs> I, detonation. I didn't, I didn't think I needed to explain. No, <laughs> no, I should have been able to figure that out. Obviously. All right, mind bombs. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> That's like your breakfast cereal? But, like um, sugar bombs from Fallout? So so when I say that I kind of like this show, I'm thinking of that. I mean, the one-off episodes where they punch a big snake, like, those are fine. But this is this is where it's sealed to me, like... In terms of actually watching this, I enjoyed it more than uh, Knights of Justice. That that's interesting, actually, um, because I I didn't watch any I didn't watch the big like long story arc things. I watched the ones where it was self contained episode on something totally random. 
Yeah. And I thought that that was the place where their show shined because it opens up more time for the stuff that we want mm -hmm. and doesn't waste any time explaining shit. Like, we already talked about how, um, in, uh, it, we already talked about how the characters' powers are so ill-defined because we need to keep reusing them in di different situations. Kind of how, like, Superman amassed 40-something superpowers because <laughs> they kept on needing to put him in new situations. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But here they keep the powers ill-defined so that they don't need to explain shit, which means that the rest of the time can be just the stuff that you want in this show, which is, like, kick-ass heroes. You know, you got your Lothar. You got sweet magic shit. Got kick-ass action scenes and a bunch of random sci-fi setting garbage. And there are few enough characters that you can take a little time to watch one individually. So that's, you know, rather than making them more powerful, they'll put them in situations where they lack the resources of each other and they have to fight like a big threat. And I, I find that, you know, more engaging. Like one time Flash Gordon has to fight an alien one on one in like the fighting pits and it's like Yeah, and like in a thought bubble, if only I had the power of ten tigers. <laughs> yeah, <easy>. exactly. <laughs> like oh, it's so easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, do you do you think that they handled that pacing well? Like I know splitting a team up like in a uh, young justice circumstance is necessary for the plot or necessary to keep the attention of the viewers and not to lose everyone in the madness. But well, like some... do you think that they handled that pace well sometimes what they'll do is they'll you know split off one hero and their young ward off on their own and the rest of them deal with a problem you know uh, and so you kind of get two halves to the show one which deals with all the characters sort of falling over each other and this this smaller team of two um, yeah and usually the smaller team of two is going to be the monkey wrench and ming's plans mm -hmm. yeah from what i've from what i saw yeah, so they figure out how to make this kind of thing interesting, and there are so many permutations of two-person pairs, especially because, you know, sometimes two heroes team up, sometimes two of the kids team up, and it's, uh, they, they keep it interesting, I think. So so what's really interesting, the way you're talking about this, is that you seem lukewarm on it, but I think that everything we're talking about, as far as the show was actually being put together, I think they did a pretty good job. They like, did. Like, the pacing is good. The there's, the uh, just... the dialogue is good. The uh, the the plots are good. It's just that the the base materials are so yeah. unrefined. The characters just are not as interesting as the situations they're in. They can't. It's carry a real. It. It's a real C list roster. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think that they made something worthwhile with what they had, which is just pretty laudable. Yeah, and also I don't I know think... like. I, I think also think they pretty, were limited yeah. by the animation. I, I think it was really... As they always are, but if you want to talk about the animation... Um... I do, because they stuck very closely to the comic uh, conventions, and I think it suffered for it, like I said. I, I felt the opposite way. I, I don't think that it was like too novel, but it's not as limited as He-Man is. I thought, mm -hmm. like, I, I feel like the characters are... Mo like, they really seem to want these models moving around. There's a lot of, like, head motions and, like, gesturing that yes i wouldn't expect no. for this vintage yes and no think about two of the things that comic books rely on a lot you have close-ups on facial expressions and you have you know complicated action and the anim the animation it it's a step backwards because the in terms of them moving their faces they have a very limited ability to make facial expressions so that's something true. Although uh, you do get a nice eyebrow from Mandrake. Yeah. A face Almost that, all the time. 
a face that can convey emotion in a comic book needs to carry on for like 10 seconds in an animated you know feature and so either you keep the same face for 10 seconds which doesn't look good or it moves around in which case you lose the dramatic effect the other instance is if they have to do something complicated uh fighting uh scurry down a slope something like that it looks awkward and unnatural because in the comics, all you have to do is show them like at the most intense point. Here, you have to see the awkward going into and coming out of that point. I think you're being sort of ungenerous. I agree with you in the facial expressions. There's almost none. There's no characterization. But again, in the way that this show kind of knows what things to stress, they are like almost purposefully not characterized. And they just focus on the on the, like the action and the and the deliberately animated models, which I, I I thought they were doing pretty good. Like I never felt like them fighting was an awkward scene. The broad strokes are fine. Action poses look great, but I I think they messed up a bit on the fine details, and it it made it harder for me to focus too hard, which you need to do if you want to know what's going on. Right. I I think I think maybe our our perspectives or our focuses on this show were just different. Like I was kind of viewing it as like I was looking at it like a painting. You were looking at like at it like the like a movie or a novel. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good it point. It's just like okay, I'll just watch some magic shit and some science shit and some panther shit or excuse me, tiger shit. Uh, no, there's a panther as well. There's a little bit of panther in there. That's true. <laughs> one of one of the one of the kids has a panther because you need a you need an animal companion as well. You need to get Schnarf in there. And well, they have um, like a Schnarf thing. <laughs> do they? Yeah, Zoffy. This little, yeah, I don't remember that one. This little cuddly bug thing. Ew. It hangs out with Kashin. It wasn't interesting. Can we go off on a tangent? What is like your favorite like cuddly animal companion in in one of these old shows? Like you in, like you got. Shows? You got like Snarf, you got Scrappy, you got uh, uh, I'm trying to think of more of them. Help me out here. Um, I guess Data Seven sorta counts. Kind of. Maybe Julian counts more than that. I don't know. Um, hmm. You might have to cut some of this out because I kind of want to deliberate for a second and see if I can think of another. Yeah, me, me too. Hmm. Rush. Rush is Rush is there, yeah. I'll give I'll give I'll give props to Rush. Uh Orko, I guess. Probably. No, Battle Cat. Oh yeah, Battle Cat. Yeah. The mighty Battle Cat, excuse me. I didn't give his title his honorary. God. Damn it. Now I'm now I'm thinking of the Eternia theme again and how awesome it is. Yeah, me too. <laughs> We we got off track, I think. I can't think of any more right now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of cute little cute little doozits. Oh, the doozers. Yeah. If you really want to do Flintstones, you got the Great Gazoo. I don't or 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 Dino, I guess. I'm the Great Gazoo. The Great Kazoo is such a like a funny little like addition to this to the <laughs> Flintstones lore. It really carried the whole thing. No, like like you know, if, if the entire Flintstones continuity is like self-contained and just goofy, and you know can be can be handled on its own, and it's just, like all of oh, by by the way, aliens are open. 
You can have aliens in this. Just, okay. Just one, and he's magic. Okay. What What do I do with this information? <laughs> I don't know. Like, have him Have him do genie shit. No, but like, it's such a weird thing to include and not include any other aliens because then you're forced to assume that he's an hallucination, and then you you have to deal with the the possibility that Fred Flintstone has a brain tumor. I want to break down the TV show that you're trying to make, <laughs> which is Aliens Land in Prehistoria. And there's this battle, and yeah, we're talking Lavos now. Human evolution is accelerated because of the increased stress and the access to technology. They merge with the technology, and now we got like prehistoric man robots fighting alien genies. Yeah, it sounds pretty sweet. Is that what you want? I, I'm I'm now seeing like a uh, Fred Flintstone with like half robot face, like cyborg, or like uh, or like our our, uh, our take on Dave the Barbarian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Oh, uh, 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 Chuckles, the, uh, what's his face? The Wonder Horse, Marvel, the Wonder Horse. Oh my God, Marvel! That's my favorite. Uh... I I don't think that he counts as that in that context. <laughs> I suppose not. Uh, let's uh, let's get back on track. Yeah, let's go back to the other parts of the animation. I wanted to mm-hmm. uh, draw attention to the camera because there seemed to be a lot of panning shots and like zooming features. I noticed a lot of like helicopter high in the sky shots with just a bunch of like little ant people down below. I hadn't seen any of the like that's that's a thing that can be overused. But the fact that I didn't see it at all kind of makes it a it's a it's like a little nice novelty to any given episode. Well, what do you mean by a panning shot? You mean like to get to get everybody in the frame? Uh, sort of to get everybody in the frame, or just like to uh to like show somebody's perception of a room. You know that whole pan across and then go backward to see the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they like I think the most prominent was the amount of zoom. Like they did a lot of zooming, which uh, that you know, isn't it? It's not that hard to do, but it shows that the editing wasn't lazy. That is an advantage of animation over the comic books that you can, you know, have a range of detail and you get a real panoramic sense of the setting without, you know, having to waste too many panels. Right, right. It's a it's a more um, it's a more data efficient way to focus. Like Mm -hmm. if you wanted to focus on a thing, you have to like use several panels zooming in or at least leave it in the gutter or um, just use it as like the length of the panel. And um yeah, I, I, I think that the zooming actually it didn't add a lot, but I thought it was impressive that they that they that they made the effort. Again, I didn't like it when it turned into close ups. Oh sure, yeah. I can see that. Um uh, the any, environments look okay. Yeah. Uh they have their mountain base, they go into space, they go into the jungle, they go underwater. They have a real uh real diversity of locations there. I think the fact that the environments look good make the characters look even older than they already do. <laughs> I don't right, know about you, but yeah, I kept like... ex- I kept expecting a cut to quick to, uh, a quick cut to Space Ghost. <laughs> yeah, because you've got these beautiful jungle things, and you got this guy in his purple tights from the '30s, you know, running around. <laughs> yeah, you know, doing tiger shit when he's not pimping. Um, anything else in animation? Um. Oh, the scene transitions. Oh, you mean that that logo again? Yeah, exactly. I would just quick quick cuts. Defenders. The, the, yeah, the, the quick, quick cuts. Tra- oh my god! No warning at all. 
and like 20 an episode. This it's is like, absolutely incredible. It's not even when the last sentence of this scene is said. It's like one and a half seconds after that. Yeah, no, they just, it, it, it's almost like they put him on like a timer or something and then built the show around that. It's like, this is pretty close to five minutes and 15 seconds, which is when we need another one to come in. It's crazy. There's so many of them in episode. <laughs> well, so it's, many. it's from the comics. It's a lot easier to do panel to panel transitions. Yeah, like um, meanwhile in the Jungle Fortress. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at Mandrake's hammock. Um, <laughs> yeah, at his sex palace. <laughs> at Mandrake's sex palace. <laughs> Kishin, you shouldn't be in here. Go get me a drink. <laughs> Mandrake is such... I don't know if Mandrake is actually as much of an asshole as we're purporting him to be. <laughs> that nobody's as bad as we ever purport them to be. I think but it's we, just in it contrast to, to good old boys like Flash Gordon. Oh, Flash. And Hero of the People Lothar. Um, but yeah, this this show moves fast. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, accompanying the scene transitions, you have the uh, the little jingle, like the, the dun, 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 dun. bit tune... Yeah, this... Like, this uh, motif. Exactly. This this little, like, chiptune version of the uh, Defenders of the Earth uh, theme. Yeah. Which, so uh, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, this intro theme is incredible, as I've it's, told you many times. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's... And they reuse yeah, it's it pretty with, good. with different, you know, sounds. What did you like best about it? It's so high energy. It like gets you excited. the The lyrics were written by Stan Lee. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Like, like the Phantoms intro, like those lines. That's pure poetry. Like, what? Is, like the hero. I don't have it in front. The of me. hero who stalks, the ghost who walks. Yeah, that's a pretty. That's a pretty good couplet right there. And then it's a big letdown <laughs> when you meet him. Um, and then it's right into that. It's right into Mandrake being a shitlord. Yeah, they they get you, you excited do a nice key about change stuff. for that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lothar comes out; he's just tackling like a radio tower. Yeah, no, the, I mean you are correct in that they tell you exactly who everybody is at the start of every episode, so that you know their roles. And since that's the only important part of their character, that's a great thing to focus on. I think yeah. we didn't really talk about it. Um, we just kind of have been referring to it. They do a really weird thing with the, uh, with the, with, with the constant, like, shouting what they're saying. Like, some of it is, like, um, like, they're, like, limousine style shouting. And then, mm -hmm. and then after every, like, verse and, like, introduce a character. And they're shouting that whole thing. And then somebody else comes in and goes, Defenders. Like, they're talking, Defenders like, they're telling the you a secret. Defenders. <laughs> It, telling you a secret about Defenders of the Earth. It does something to the momentum that, like, um, it gets you pumped. Yeah, it 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 lends it to a, like mystique that it didn't earn. And you know, like you said about the fast pace of the show, the music in the episodes stays high tension throughout. It's got it, violins. It also sounds like it's about to jump back into the Defenders theme at any given moment. Yeah, because they use that motif, and they've got violins, trumpets, and electric guitars, each adding a different kind of intensity. You know, you like you've got your sort of creeping. Oh, when are they going to get discovered? You've got your action. You've got your you know 
fighter pilots kind of thing, they do tension really well and they keep it up. Right, and 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 um, I want to draw special attention to the fact that it sounds like it could go back into the Defenders of the Earth theme. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. The fact that the the fact that the themes are similar enough to that motif, it it means that you're kind of always dealing with the same energy. Like it doesn't yeah. have a broad emotional palette for this show be, because again, that's not what this show is doing. It, Showing it you the shit that, that you want to see in an in an eighty show. It hits that feeling. It hits it hard, and it keeps it going. Hmm. Totally agree. Um, and I, you said that you didn't really listen to the outro. The outro music's pretty good too. It's like an electric fanfare. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't hear anything about that. I do appreciate the Wild Stallion style guitars everywhere, though. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um. Oh, another uh, another animal companion. That monkey thing in uh in uh what, the those the Wonder Twins had like a monkey companion, didn't they? Oh yeah, it was like purple, and he wore a little suit. Yeah, something like that. Get your yeah. crypto. These are pretty shitty animal companions, though. Oh oh, uh, uh the thing, the hand from the Adams family. Ooh, nice. He's in the Pantheon. Yeah, he's good stuff. I could never tell if it was Thing or Cousin It that was the actual pet. Cousin It was the hairy guy, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I guess he was, was called it? a cousin, but I have my doubts. But like, I don't think Uncle Fester is actually related to anyone in that show. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was there a show just about Uncle Fester? Um, like Uncle Fester's Wild Ride or something? That sounds familiar. That might have been like an in-universe comic that he re- that he drew, <laughs> which, which also it. sounds like a thing that he would do. That actually sounds familiar. Like, I... yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> you, you know uh, that what's the what's the what's the boy's name in the Adams family? Um, Frankie. It Death wasn't Clock? Wednesday. It was the other one. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> he always reminds me of Bobby Hill. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we, we, this this has been the Adams Family podcast. <laughs> Sorry that we couldn't uh, get done caves on, but uh, I have a I have a little tidbit that mm-hmm. I want you to go on at length about. Go for it. Uh, the other weird thing that I noticed in the credits is um, they had a clinical psychology consultant on this show for uh, Phantom or for Mandrake. Just in general. Oh, okay. And I have to wonder, like, that's how it was listed. It was one of the last uh, last credits on the screen. It's like, clinical psychology consultant. Name, name. Hmm. Thoughts? Like, why? Because <laughs> theoretically, they're just taking plot lines from the comic books. Right. Well, except for the, maybe for the addition of teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How are we going to find out what teenagers are like? Uh, should we ask them? No, no, no. It's too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> no, th- honestly, given how like these guys created this show, it doesn't seem like they considered talking to teenagers beforehand. They, they don't they know how like. personalities work. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, teenager. Do you want a guy whose name is the Ghost Who Walks who can channel the power of ten tigers or some kid who you can relate to because he's just like you? Yeah. I mean, clearly that was like that was a thing that worked back then, but I don't understand the psychology behind it. Like, why would a kid like to watch another kid as opposed to a super goddamn hero, which is why they're watching in the first place? It's crazy making to me. Because one day they'll become the superheroes. I guess so. It's weird how they all have young wards. Like they're like they're 
afraid of dying. Like they're <laughs> they they're keeping him on as like collateral or like it, it's almost like you know uh it's almost like Darkwing Duck in that like you know he had Goslin he had that sort of morality pet but it's weird that they all have it it's it's much less personalized and now it makes it feel like it's something in their charter. Maybe it's a requirement for superheroing, like uh, like Venture Brothers. It must like, be that. Like, yeah, maybe you that need was to like... have the villain needs to have some sort of like advantage over you in some way. <laughs> or maybe like the government is like, you guys are too strong. We need to send in reporters to catalog your actions, but we're <laughs> afraid that you're going to murder them, so we're going to make them kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, like PR is just really bad. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like in universe, they're like, God, Flash, you. You crashed another jet. <laughs> you you suicided three Robins already. <laughs> Please stop it. I, I, I can't get over this enough. Flash Gordon gets over the fact that his wife's a computer very quickly. Yeah, that's... I don't even... Like, you can't have, like, a long-running uh, personal struggle in this show, can you? But like, there's too many doesn't... characters. You'd forget who was who worried about what. You'd forget. It's just... It's just bizarre. Also, there's like large time leaps in this show from day to day. Like but, in the Iceberg episode, they fixed the problem and then was like, well, three months after that event, like he's talking like in person. It's not like a narrator. He's like three months after that event, the icebergs have almost completely like they they, they elapsed time like nothing. I, I wasn't quite done with the other thing. I want you to think about this for a second, how weird it is. Every character has a sidekick, and several of those sidekicks have animal companions, but he's not allowed to have a wife. It's too much. Hmm. Well, I mean, they do kind of have that, like, like a communal wife, that one woman who has that necklace of Oros. What's her face? I did not see that. <laughs> she. It, it might have been the. It might have been the Panther guy's uh, uh, daughter. That's a weird thing to say, Ben. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like it, that's just what it struck me as. Anyway, yeah, sorry to get caught up on that part. Yeah, oh, time... sweet. I just got a message. One of my friends is now watching One Punch Man for the first time. Nice. Bless their heart. Uh, uh, I wanted to. Uh, we we didn't talk about it before. I wanted to run down a couple of the villains because I thought yeah, they were, were kind of interesting. You have Ming the Merciless, which is and his son Crotan. And son Crotan, Ming is funny because he's like. I, I sort of tire of the megalomaniacal villains who's only who, who don't have anything beyond want to rule and or destroy the world, and I'll think of a different way to do it each time. Right. Like, because you don't, like, back then you didn't need, like, complicated character motivations just for, for the sake of the villain. Like, the villain didn't matter. Like, the villain was just something that started the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of like how how much he is that like he's he's he plays he plays by the book you know he really commits yeah, he to knows the 80s the superhero villain mm-hmm. um yeah he's got like robot sentries plans of world domination he's got like a like a overlord sort of he's always interested in gaining he's dominion over humanity yeah he's he knows his job he's doing his job Right, which which I like. I just like the the adherence to formula there because everything else is so formulaic that I don't know if the show could have handled like complex character motivations on one side, but not no, the other. No, no, he's merciless. He's got no chance for redemption. Just you know, get to the punching. 
Yeah, it's right at the name. And then uh, there's this like uh, there's this one woman villainess whom I don't remember exactly what her like ways of combating the defenders of the earth are, but it seems all that she wants to do is to marry the Phantom. What? Why? I don't know. Like all of her plan, like the first time I saw her, she had kidnapped the Phantom and was like trying to seduce him in a gigantic circular bed. <laughs> Super strange. <laughs> okay uh, like i don't have anything to say about that that you the audience can't kind of fill in the blanks for yourself i just kind of wanted to mention it and then there's this other uh villain phantom come to bed (laughs) wait phantom come to bed by jungle law i call (laughs) upon jungle law (laughs) 10 tigers in the bring forth the bring forth the lusty nature of 10 tigers in heat the um there's a there's one more villain that I wanted to mention just because I was confounded by his existence, which was uh this like antimatter weird extra dimensional being called Graviton, who okay. can teleport at will and still needed Ming's help to get the necklace back from uh what's her face? Huh. It like it just and, and the weirdest thing about him is that he has giant like you know how Jimmy Neutron it like does the brain blast and there's like a a nu- dense nucleus and then the lines that the electrons follow in that old like standard model picture of the atom. Sure. And the lines are the only part on graviton. So he's just oh. a yellow dude that's radiating and then yellow lines around <laughs> him like he's in a that's big weird. hamster ball. That's really weird. It's fucking weird, like, cause, cause in lieu of the way humans think about the atom, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, the lines aren't there. The <laughs> electrons don't the even orbit the atom. Part. Right. On this incorrect model, you've gotten the only part that doesn't even exist in that model. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a weird. What was his name? Like, Graviton? Yeah, and his name is Graviton. Like, you know. Two is a coincidence, but th- like <laughs> it's just—it was funny how anti—that's his you know, birth name. Supe- he, it was anti-superior being in every way, which which made him feel like a joke to me. But I don't know who was making the joke. I'm anyway. I'm not seeing a picture of him online. He's stupid looking. Take my word I for it. it. I believe it. So like just those three villains in quick succession. Are like I. Th- I think it's so funny how f- how little any one of them has kind of any realistic imagination. Yeah, they they put all their eggs into the Ming basket. I think. Yeah. And his yeah. terrible thunder lizards. And his terrible thunder wasn't terrible thunder lizards like a show on its own. Yeah. Or Eek and the, the terrible thunderbirds thund- or something. Thundercats. Thunder. I think there was something with thunderbirds. No. Yeah. It was Eek and the terrible thunder lizards. Was it? Yeah, yeah, they ran after Bobby's world. I <laughs> Bobby's world. I remember a lot of these old cartoons only from like the old VHS tapes of Power Rangers that you used to make mom and dad tape for you. Oh, I watched those so much. So many times. Who is your favorite ranger? Uh at the time the Black Ranger, looking back the Blue Ranger, but I consider myself more of a Red Ranger type. I think I think I uh, I think I I reversed that opinion. Like I used to like Billy because I like was into nerdetry, and now that I realize how ostentatious Zach was in the format, it's, I I can't help but smile whenever I see him doing hip hop keto. You just like characters that don't really belong in their universe. 
Yeah, exactly. It doesn't quite fit. Right. It, well, specifically in universes that make no sense. That's why I like that. Uh, that's why I like Graviton because he like he was trying to fit like uh, he was trying to fit a format that wasn't where he ended up and he didn't yeah. understand. He needs to survive by moxie in this world. Yeah, which sure you can you can do if you're the Phantom because you have the power of ten tigers. <laughs> and I want to say that you can get like half skill ranks if you dip into moxie. Like he probably has the moxie of at least five tigers and or rhinos, right? Ben, let's not get into the multiplication tables. Or, you know, <laughs> I would love to see a unit converting version. between like, tigers. Why tigers? I don't why know, tigers ben? though, because <laughs> they're like. I get that they're like. You know, they, they could be iconic. king of the jungle if they wanted to be. Yeah, if they weren't so busy, you know, being summoned by the phantom, aka the ghost who walks, who may or may not be a, a immortal and dresses all in purple. God, I love that character. <laughs> He's so dumb, Ben. There's so many parts to him, and there's only one part to every other hero. What a yeah, weird but... choice. Fine. And I, I like. I mean, it doesn't make him more interesting. But I just like how many yeah. facets they felt. Like he's got all that going for him, and he's not more interesting. I know it's almost like he was the least interesting, and then the creators are like, "Let's pile some more lore onto him." <laughs> Jungle Law, good. Ten Tigers, good. Purple Suit, Immortal, The Phantom, Ghost Who Walks. Yeah, this all fits in the same spot. You can have a daughter. Whatever. You can have a daughter. You can't tell him who, who his daughter is. That's his. He by jungle law, he chooses his own daughter. So I get the feeling I'm never gonna quite hear the end of this. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, I I enjoyed watching this show more than I thought I would. It. I uh, didn't you know, enjoy it, watching it, but I enjoyed it kept, that it exists. It kept my attention and had a lot of ways to keep things interesting, but at the end, it it's just too flat. The characters do not pull their weight. Yeah. And, Unless they're know, I, literally I, about to die, in which case things get really good. I don't even think that it really matters how much danger the characters are in are in, in this show. Like, I, I just appreciated the way that it was constructive and the amount of moving parts that they somehow turned into a more or less coherent plot each episode. Mm -hmm. That was remarkably watchable. Now, it was static... Yeah. Nothing changes, but you know it's on the eighties. You got to grade it on that, grade it on that curve, and within that curve, they put the multitude of pieces that they had in a pretty pretty solid configuration. And uh, okay. I, I approve of that ambition and you know that that resourcefulness that they had. Defenders. Defenders. So, uh, which Defenders will we be watching next time? Uh, well, we're gonna ditch all the men and replace them with high school girls because we're gonna be doing our magical girl anime for the first time. We're gonna be watching Sailor Moon, the old version. Um, yeah, I watched um, the second skirts. episode in each version I could find, and I, I think the only way I'm gonna be able to get through this is with the nostalgia boost of watching the old dub. Okay. Of the old dub? Yeah. Interesting. Because that's but what I watched that, uh, on that, you, missed that, uh, you missed that Japanese phrasing of In the Name I Shall Punish You, which I can never remember, <laughs> but I know I like it better than In the Name of the Moon I Shall Punish You. That's fair. There's like this weird like cadence to it that is really 
that's maybe that's I'll, really nice. Maybe I'll jump back and forth, see how that goes. Yeah, just confuse yourself. Sounds great. I got through this. <laughs> you know what? Yep, tried and true. And uh, hopefully we'll have a we'll have a a guest on for that one. A Gaston. Hi. <laughs> no, no, no one, no one fights Queen Barrel like Gaston. Um, <laughs> Gaston has the strength of ten tigers. <laughs> Gaston has the tank strength of twenty tigers. <laughs> oh my God! Gaston could have totally been a defender of the earth. <laughs> he couldn't. He wouldn't have even tried hard. Like he's already more interesting than everyone else on the show. Uh, Even if his only power was talking about how great he was to stall the villain, that's so fun in this show. Ming would get bored and wander off. Ming would try to sick ice robots on him, and he would just captivate the ice robot with his sick beats. <laughs> Did you... Are you sure you know who Gaston is? Yeah, he's a rapper. He's the rapper in uh, in uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> You remember that? And uh, hopefully I'll have a friend on for um, Fiddler on the Roof. For uh, cool. Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. And Zane. What do you got for us next time? <laughs> well, I Zane. wanted to do something a bit more recent. Something that I knew I would enjoy. Okay. How however, I'm still keeping with some sort of interplanetary excitement and action. So okay. we're going to be watching Megas XLR. Oh my god. The time has come. It's going to be a real redemption. Just <laughs> tiny little legs. It's going to be so good. Oh my god, I got to show Ethan that. I'm sure he's going to love it. Yeah. He's he's a big uh, metalhead and I feel like metal and that intro are pretty pre work pretty well alongside one another, not in like musically, but in like <laughs> style. Just ostentatious and ridiculous like glam metal stuff. I think I think we're going to enjoy like the plot clearly, but just the the way that they stick to it and and carry it through. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. They start Character? crazy and then they go off the rails. <laughs> Character: nerdy food addict from New Jersey. Position: main protagonist. <laughs> we let you decide, listener. <laughs> Did it work? Did it work really good or amazingly good? All right. And, so if uh, yeah. you, yeah, if you want to defend us, uh, go we ahead. We need it. And, we need it real bad. Go ahead and like us on Facebook, or uh, give us a rating or review on iTunes, and uh, or leave a comment or suggest a suggest a show so that we don't have to do Defenders of the Earth again. Yeah, Zane didn't learn his lesson. It's only go ahead through and... participation from viewers like you that he knows that he can't beat an audience. Kumbai Jungle Hall, the strength of ten tigers. Yeah, so go ahead and look up the see power if shows is yours. That's just the Phantom. <laughs> um, yeah, just tell me about the Phantom. I'm going to keep bringing the Phantom in. What a God. funny thing that is. What have I done? <laughs> the Phantom is so good. He he's like the secret Swayzo of this show. Ben Swayzo wasn't good. Yes, he was. Zane, in every show that you suggest, there's one character that is unnecessarily complicated and <laughs> and and goony in that own in its own setting. Uh, and it is my well, mission to choose the gooniest aspects of it and rave about them for an entire hour and a half. 
Well, luckily in my next pick, that's the main character, and I'm super psyched for it too. I I think I think I'm gonna enjoy Megas XLR a lot because it is a an actually good show, not just like <laughs> a show that we aggrandize for the sake of something interesting to talk about. Yep. Um. So yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that as well. So uh, uh, we'll we'll see you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs> by by and, by Jungle Law, I think this podcast is over. Yeah, and then just in the middle of our conversation scene transition out of here. (laughs) 